Next voice message. Hey, uh, this, this is a message for Homer. Hey, Homer, uh, this is the official orthodontist for the New England Patriots. Can you please tell your dad that we need more content on the Landline Podcast? Thanks. We're starved here. We're starved. We're starved for content. End of message. To erase this message, press 7. To save it, message erase. You're listening to Landline Podcast. Thanks for listening to Landline. 503-894-8480 is the landline. When you're wasting away in quarantine, call the landline. Throw us a topic, question, a comment, a voicemail. 503-894-8480. Today, the original landline trio on quarantining in the Andes Mountains in South America and in the green and white mountain valley of Hanover, New Hampshire, plus Tom Brady's departure from the New England Patriots, the only story that can supersede. Landline, we're going to do a little art project here. I recorded this pod, and I'm putting the second half first, and the first half second. So here you go. Let it ride. Landline podcast. Mike, you made it. I made it. How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm, you know, I got two kids crying upstairs. Can't leave the house. How are you? Yeah, uh, things are okay. I got the same thing going, just one kid, though. All right. Um, but I've been arguing with him all day, so nice to get away from him. Hey, here's an idea, three-year-old kid. I don't give a shit what you think. How about that? I know. I know. I know. They're horrible. <laughs> All right, let me call Chris. Did you get it figured out? Yeah. Hold on, let's see if I can join him. Mike? Yep. Chris? Mike? Yes! Baker, we did it! Oh, Mike, so good to hear your voice. I know it's been so long, Mike. We wow. haven't we haven't talked to you on the pod or in IRL in, in forever. I know, I know it's been too long. I'm actually I'm a little nervous about this because it's been too long. I feel like I'm out of practice. <laughs> That's okay. It doesn't matter. Um, as I've been saying on the pod, nobody has anything to do, so they'll listen to the shittiest podcast that that um, is available because they need something and that's what we aim to do here on landline podcast put the shittiest podcast available out on the internet shittiest podcast in the universe <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see landline podcast the worst podcast on the internet that's what i want the tagline to be well baker what's your talk about your routine so you're an ortho doctor you're you're you know let's let's transition to the plague here and then we'll, we'll get you guys out and and on with your sundays of you know social distancing and outdoor adventure but 
how are you just give it give us people want to know everyone wants to know what everyone else is doing well how, how are you coping and how's your routine been and you know give me give me some roses and thorns so far okay so for me um i sort of was watching this a couple of weeks before it all went down and you know started implementing some things at the office basically like you know everybody needs to wash their hands more and make sure they're wearing a mask and if you're sick you can't come in and then I talked to a friend of mine who's a vascular surgeon in Portland and I, on a Wednesday and I, before all this really went down the week before, I said, how seriously should I be taking this, you know? He said, you should be taking this pretty seriously and he gave me a whole list of reasons why. And then as I gathered more information, um, by Sunday, I woke up with a lot of anxiety. I think I called you that morning, Alex, and realizing sort of that what we had to do, which was think about closing the office down. Um, and at first I didn't really know what I was going to do once I, once we closed. And I also didn't really know when we were going to reopen, which was sort of the scariest part. Um, now technically it's still an essential business according to governor Sununu. Um, but the ADA and some, and you know, other governing bodies in dentistry have basically said it, you're essential, but for emergencies only at this point. Um, and so it got pretty boring pretty quick. And I went from basically seeing like 50 patients a day and socializing with 50 people a day to zero, essentially, you know, because we just shut it all down overnight. Um, so I came up with a list of 10 things that I needed to sort of accomplish each day because I could recognize that mentally for me this wasn't a good situation. So in the silver lining of it all, having just had a baby, um, as I, and a, one that I never really had a paternity leave to spend any time with is I've gotten to spend a lot of time with her, right? So that's been pretty amazing, right? I get a couple hours, few hours each day sort of, you know, zoned in with her and no screens and just trying to, like, soak that up. Uh, fitness, you know, riding my bike, going outside, trying to do a little yoga, you know, stretching things because my body actually just doesn't hurt my neck and back from working a lot so that's been pretty good but the, the thing that's like hard is that you're doing all of these things sort of alone and then you go out and I walk around I'll do this three mile loop in town and it's dead it's totally dead people are inside and even the people that you see on the road are you know they cross the road and they'll maybe wave to you but it's a very odd feeling when you go from sort of a really social being that, that I am in general to sort of just being alone all the time and, you know, with your family. Um, you know, Margo's still working, which is great, but, um, yeah, what the future holds is sort of, it's, it's uncertain and it's, it's sort of scary, right? When are we going to, you know, I had all these things going on in our lives three, three weeks ago, you know, worrying about building a house and, you know, like how busy we were at the practice and I was sort of complaining that we were too busy to like having all of that taken away from you or sort of overnight and having the uncertainty of not knowing when that normalcy will return. And then in the middle of it, Tom Brady kicks you in the nuts and says he's leaving to go to Tampa and you're like, what the hell is happening? You know, the whole world is different, just like that. So, and you're not even... Um, I don't know, I'm just trying to like work on the practice in other ways, eat dinner at the table with Margot, organize something, do spend time on, you know, 
continuing education with like you know learning something new about ortho that I just didn't have time for and really trying to like focus on you know the things that really are the most important in life which is your family and your friends like think about how much we've talked in the last couple weeks you know with all of our friends you know the chains that's been going on is at least a a pleasant distraction from what's going on. I mean, Mike's probably in the best situation. His his life has probably hardly changed. I'm assuming, Mike, right? Because you you were already working over the internet. Is that true or no? Yeah. Um, and the crazy thing is, is that you know, so I work for this company based in Korea. So since January, um, Korea's been kind of shut down, and they haven't been sending their their kids to these academies where they usually, you know, spend most of their time studying. And so we've gotten really busy with more students coming in the last couple months. And I've been busier than ever at work. Um, you know, I'm teaching like 11 classes a day now, which is kind of crazy. Um, wow. But are, you getting, I do that. are you getting compensated for that? Yeah, you're going to make you yeah. more money? Yeah, yeah. I am. It's good. going really well, actually. Nice. <laughs> um, Mike teaches yeah, yeah. English to Koreans on the internet from Chile, just to remind everybody. But keep going. South, yeah. south, or, south or north, Mike? <laughs> south Korea. South Korea. Oh, um, I know. It, it, you get them confused. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's my day. I, I teach exactly the same in the morning. Um, we have lunch. And then we – I've mentioned it here on the podcast before, but we have this land that – we're hoping to build our house on one day. And so literally once I'm done, almost every day we've been going out to the land and just working and, you know, cutting stuff down and clearing stuff out. And we've gotten a lot of work done there. Um, and it's actually been pretty nice. We usually, we, we cut a bunch of stuff down and then we burn it and we have a big bonfire at the end of the night. And then we, we cook on it and that's our dinner. And then we come back home. So, it's been pretty nice. It's, you know, what's kind of crazy is we had a really crazy summer for us, so January and February, and we were kind of looking to, kind of, you know, settle down a little bit in March. And one of the things was my son is always in daycare usually at this time. And so that's been the biggest challenge is having him home all day. Um, but at least we're, we're so lucky that we have this kind of land to go out to and he can run around and just do whatever he wants, you know? So we're, we're incredibly lucky in that sense. So Mike, the, what is in general, you know, obviously Chile is a very developed country with, uh, as far as I understand, great, you know, in, uh, great healthcare infrastructure, but it's just, it's significantly more rural, especially where you are and, um, from my experience, there are things like roads and, um, you know, just the basics are not always up to like, you know, suburban Philadelphia standards. So, um, what, what are you, what is the, like, what is the sort of vibe around just people having coronavirus? Like Chris is in a small town in New Hampshire, but the, it's very, you know, people are going to New York and Boston and, you know, have vacation houses and it's, it's part of the, you know, this, as I call it, the small white world that everyone's living in, but like, you're definitely in a different vibe. So, so what are you, what are, what's going on there with like, do you know anyone who has, is there a threat of medical emergency? Uh, yeah. Um, my sister-in-law 
um, and her husband are doctors in Santiago, um, and they're both in quarantine right now after having direct contact. Shit. Uh, they don't have coronavirus, but uh, they're 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 in quarantine for the next. Well, they've been there for like a week, so it'll be another week. Um, and there have been a couple cases in the big city near us, Puerto Montt, Alex, which is where you came down to before. Right. Uh, and basically what's happening is in my province, there's talk between, there's three towns in, the, in, the, in our province, and they just want to close the province down and basically not have anybody come in. Uh, That's a good idea. And, and, uh, you know, just have trucks coming down with food and stuff and then spray it down or whatever. But the crazy thing about Chile is, like, you know, the every once in a while you get reminded that there was a military dictatorship for a long time here. Mm-hmm. And they, and it's, you know, it's one state, so they make a, a rule or a law or whatever, and it, and it, it the whole country, um, acts on it and so you know from one day to another they close the borders um and now there's a curfew so we can't go out past 10 o'clock at night um and i think yeah it's crazy and like literally like you go out at night and people have been arrested for being out there um and so i think it's not too bad here hopefully it doesn't get any worse but if it gets worse it's gonna be kind of crazy to see what happens just the the police who are almost like a military police will be kind of in control of everything and that's gonna be a little scary uh, nothing uh, like fear to, there's nothing like fear to sort of drive that right you know people yeah. like military take over and you know they're even talking about like in rhode island did you read that article Alex? yeah rhode tell us island, about it that's pulling ha- people over and setting up checkpoints if you have new york plates they're trying to figure out where you're going, and then they're going door to door with the National Guard and knocking on the door and saying, "Is anyone from New York in here?" You know, well, if they are, then they're like, "You need a self, you need a quarantine for two weeks." This is very serious. But I, we're having yeah. that problem. Up, we're having that problem big time up here. You know, I go out on the roads and I see a ton of out of towners, Massachusetts, New York plates all over the place, and I'm thinking, "Great, you're just bringing that up here." You know. Um, Wait. What? Quick, quick story on that. So, my parents, who are both seventy something, right? The when this first happened, we were talking with all my sisters, and we were saying they should go down to their house that they have on Martha's Vineyard, and yeah. that's basically what they did. And then everybody on Martha's Vineyard got so pissed at yeah. the summer people coming in and staying at there, and there's coronavirus on the vineyard now. And yeah, they were all, they all came from New York and stuff. Yeah, and they and they and there's all been all these letters to the editors and the newspaper and all this stuff. And so my parents felt so bad that now they're going back to New Hampshire this weekend and and staying there. So they basically yeah. got kicked out of town. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow, that's I was gonna bring up Nantucket for the same reason, but you've got real live stories from that. Yeah, I saw when. I read that there was a joint statement, and I know everyone probably rolls their eyes at Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard, but it's like in the offseason, yeah. these are just small towns with very small hospitals. And if you get any like significant, you know, if you have a heart attack or something, they just put you on a helicopter and take you to 
uh, Mass General, and yeah. uh, and I read the joint statement from the Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard's hospitals, basically being like, "Please stay away." Um, and I got yeah, we can't handle this. Yeah, and like all these, my through like my sister's friends who live in Nantucket year round. You know, all the plumbers on island were all suddenly asked to open up. You know, turn on the water at all the giant houses and things like that. So. Um, it's interesting at some point it's like, where are you going to go? It's, you know, you can't go like for a lot of New Yorkers. Cause I think the Hamptons just said the same thing. You like stay away. Let's just say I'm glad I don't, you know, I, that's not my problem right now. And also there's the articles coming around the, the snowbird community, right? People who go to Florida for the summer and then, or winter and then want to come back up to wherever they live. So, Mike, last question. Class, go ahead. Who's that? Chris? That's me. Yeah, I just want to say one thing about I want to just sort of circle back with, with Brady for a second. So, did you see what Drew Brees did? Gave $5 million bucks to New Orleans, right, for the exactly. coronavirus? $5 million bucks, And he's staying in New Orleans to play one more year. And, if, like, really, if Brady was that concerned about his contract and all that stuff, like, and, you know, tripping over $5 million or whatever it was, like, to me... Drew Brees is going about the right way. You know, he just, this time, it's like Brady didn't read the room this time, you know, the way it, he, he wasn't good at the way that he exited of this, this program. That's the final thing. Well, so this is where I think we can go full landline on this because Brady and I think Belichick to a degree are really living representation of sort of a, a human spirit that has existed forever, but, you know, maybe gets shrouded over by the modern world. Brady is an absolute killer. That's what he is. He's a yeah, stone-cold assassin. And you know what the difference between Tom Brady and Drew Brees is? Tom Brady won five more Super Bowls. And yeah. the reality is the downside of having the greatest winner of all time be on your team for 20 years is when he wants to, he says, I'm leaving and I'm going to go win someplace else. And I think that that's just kind of the double-edged sword. It's like having the greatest knight in, you know, in your army and who's like slayed every other king that exists so that you become the, you know, whatever, the leader of Europe. And then it turns out in the middle of the night, he comes into your bedroom and slits your throat too. Um, and so I just think that that is... The reality, like, good for Drew Brees, you know, nice for him. He's going to live in New Orleans forever. Basically, like, he's, you know, a system quarterback who managed to win one Super Bowl. But other than that, he's not in the same league as Tom Brady. So, I don't know. That's my – I don't know what you think, Mike, about all that. No, I agree. I, I would say Brady's in a, in a league by himself. Those, those numbers that you were reading from the paper are crazy, you know, and – I mean, as sad as it is that it's it's over, it's just that's what happens, you know. It's time to move on, I guess. And I mean, that's kind of it, right? <laughs> um. So, Mike, if you live in a town with a few restaurants and like a few stores, are they all closed? Like, are you guys like you know? I'm walking around a a, a relatively suburban but in the city neighborhood of single family houses and. I see 50 or 60 people a day and we just walk past each other on the street at a distance, at least that. Like, you know, you must know most of the people in town. Are you guys, like, not talking to each other? Or what's the, what's, what is it when you're in a really tiny town like that? What is the social distancing vibe? 
Um, I mean, some people are taking it more seriously than others. I, when that first, when it first came out, kind of everything closed down and all the stores decided that they would do delivery and stuff. So, you know, they have a big WhatsApp chain and you, you text what you want and they, they deliver it to you. Um, but honestly, they've been opening back up now. Um, and, you know, people are with masks and gloves and everything, but you can still go in and just go to the store. And then, yeah, the restaurants were all closed down. Uh, and now they're, they're, they're opening up for, for delivery and stuff like that. But um, in terms of, like, social distancing and our friends, it's I, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert, so this doesn't really affect me that much, but I have friends who like need to be around other people and they need, they're like such social creatures. Um, and so I think it's been really tough for them. So they've been kind of getting together and just being outside and, you know, trying to maintain their distance, but not, not doing a great job. But, um, we have one friend who lives, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Um, and he's, really lonely and he keeps asking to come over and hang out with us and um he, he texts my wife and i keep saying no he can't come over <laughs> and i'm like you can blame me i don't care i don't want i don't want people in our house right now yeah so i'm personally trying to be you know i don't think it's too much to ask to not you know hang out with your friends all the time for the next two weeks or whatever we'll, we'll, we'll see after that but uh I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't think that, you know, being around people is, is like a necessary part of my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's going to be interesting too. We'll check in when we're in month six of this and I still need to do podcasts to do something. Um, Mike, you're going into winter and we're going into summer. So there's going to be definitely sort of a, an x-axis there of happiness where we're on the up and you're on the down. Although I, I, what you just said, you're happy to be by yourself and cozy in the winter. I think the the idea of like sunny days outside to get outside is definitely an up uh, upswing. I will sing – I will continue to suggest to you two and the Landline podcast listeners that the fire pit is a um, great – social like if you're doing bonfires that friend who it sounds like you just don't like mike um could come over um and stand across a fire with his own can of beer or bottle and glass of wine and you can socialize around a fire pit that's what we've been doing a little bit here um and you just got to pee in the corner you're not allowed inside the house so i don't know all right well that's a good idea because you know if somebody's talking towards you and the virus tries to fly over the fire it gets lifted up into the sky that's right, right? is that it, how that would work yeah it's sanitized by the heat burns the fire burns the virus away all right well thank you guys for podcasting sunday morning um let's just finish it off on what's the finish me off on your on your food i want to know your food situation like you don't have to go through your entire larder, larder but what are you happiest that you're stockpiled on? Like, what do you know that you're going to be able to rely on for a nice meal that makes you happy if, if we end up getting into, like, week three, four, five, six of this? Or is that not how you guys are doing it? I'm not stockpiled. You're not? I mean, so we have, I mean, we have, like, canned goods, and we have some, you know, if we needed to, we could probably survive for weeks, like, on 
some of the, the dry goods and things that we have, but I don't, like, I don't really see the need to, I've been going to the store, I have a whole process of which how I do it, but I go to the store early in the morning, uh, right after they, the co-op has between six and seven, I think, is when the old people can go only, and then the high risk factors, and then I, because I have an infant, I think actually I'm allowed in there also, but I'll just go after them, and I'll just take my time and get what we need, and then go home and clean it, like I leave it on the floor, and I'll actually wipe down everything, and make sure I wash my hands, but like, you know, I, this, this concept of like going out and buying up all the toilet paper, that I, I really, I really do not understand at this point. Um, the other thing is that we just don't have the the space we don't have a big freezer we don't have a lot of room to like store food for weeks on end plus i think it's unnecessary right like the, the food is not going to stop tomorrow right you know gotta eat mike where are you at with that no he's gone no, I'm, nice he's gone. landline oceans rising setting of the sun I'm stuck between these rocks and sea, not the only one. As the waves come crashing to the shore, I beg mercy to the Lord, don't leave me here no Okay, break time. We are going to transition to the Tom Brady departure. I got my hook in you with what it's like in Chile in the land of Corona. But in all honesty, you should be listening to the Tom Brady content. Anyways, this is like bigger than Michael Jordan. You just don't know it yet. Tom Brady, sports in the age of plague. Whether or not the NFL season is going to get canceled whether there'll be fans in stadiums this fall. All come out now. Landline Podcast. Landline. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, here we are. It's su- Sunday 3 of the coronavirus. Um, we're going into week three here. That's at least by my count. I don't know how you guys are counting, but I, I realize this is kind of like being in jail. I should probably start making hash marks on my ceiling so I can figure out how long it's been since this started and maybe how long it's going to be till it ends. Um, cause otherwise it's just going to be one continuous shit story that we never get out of. Um, <clears throat> but the only days you serve are the days you go in and the day you come out. What what is that saying? Is that what they say in jail? I think that's what they say in jail. The day you go in, the day you come out are the only days. Everything in between is just doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's just for pumping iron, right? So, yes. so um, we're calling. This is the original pod. So, I, landline listeners who have been growing steadily, we still are a little bit behind Rick Steves, which is a whole other topic that um, I'm pretty angry about, Rick continues to put out like how to travel in Dublin um, and which churches to go see on his podcast, even though there's a worldwide plague. So I don't know what Rick's, what Rick's up to, but um, 
This is the original pod. I was looking on. I, I loaded the podcast on Spotify the other day in the in, in the interest of being a little bit more promotional, and it said that there were eighty one episodes. And then wow, but the but the first episode of the eighty one was called episode twenty one. Now I'm not stupid enough to go back and listen to those podcasts because it, it would be completely embarrassing. But um, that means that the three of us probably did 20 episodes before that. So I think this is actually the 104th episode of Landline. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I know. Well, congratulations to you for kind of being the guys who got me going. Um, it was in the Purple House in, in on North Willits Boulevard in Portland. And I feel like the year was... 20 I mean 2016 is that where we're at now I feel like at least maybe even earlier so other people are better with dates but for those who don't know Mike and Chris um, were the original podcasters and we really talked almost exclusively about the Patriots or we used the Patriots as our lens with which to discover the the landline world um, and you know the the idea behind it is that we're three old friends spread far afield. Mike is in Futalafu, Chile, which I, I think he's got to be the only person in Futalafu podcasting this Sunday morning. I think that's a fair statement to make. Um, but who knows? I, I, I can't say for sure, but probably. <laughs> At least about the Patriots. Maybe about something else. But yeah. And Chris is in Hanover, New Hampshire, and where we all grew up. And um, so here we are, the triangle, the, the original Menage pod comes back. And we're coming back today to talk about Tom Brady, which seems to be the only story that can trump the coronavirus. It's kind of like there's been an earthquake and everyone has lost their homes, and that's all we talk about, except then somebody comes around the corner and says the liquor store burned down, and that's what everyone actually needs to talk about more. <laughs> like It's way worse than whatever's going on with the coronavirus. Tom Brady left, and... I mean, this is really, to me, of course, I just want to talk to you guys about sports, and I know some of the current listeners might not be into it, but this is kind of the end of our, not that it should still be going on anyways, but the end of our youth, right? I mean, this is truly the last thing that we could hold on to that spanned from, you know, now all having kids, all having professions, all having spouses, back to the original sort of you know, teenage slash college obsession with New England sports. Um, I know as, as kids, we were all into it as well. But I, you know, the first real independent um, sort of like sports experience that I can remember is in Georgetown in Washington, D.C., going with my friend James Viano to a house where all his brother's friends who went to Georgetown had a keg of beer and a projector and watching the snow game the tuck rule game um, and that, you know, I'm sure that I remember games before that, but that's like the first real memory I have of the Patriots sort of magic and the, the miracle that was Tom Brady. Um, and I was just thinking about how long ago that was, how many lifetimes ago that was, how different everything was. Um, and now it's over. And like, we officially can't hold on to that anymore, but I just wanted to, do you guys remember, like, if you have to just think, it doesn't have to be the perfect memory, but do you remember, like, your first sort of amazing experience with the Patriots in the Tom Brady world? Go ahead, Mike. Um, Tom Brady. It would probably be the snow game, too, but, um, yeah, 
that that would probably be it. But I mean, going back before that, um, I always loved the Patriots. I loved Bledsoe so much before Brady, right? And um, the crazy thing was, is that season I would have probably picked Bledsoe over Brady. Um, I don't know if you remember it, but there was the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl where they were kind of going between who's going to start because Brady got hurt in the FC Championship game. Yeah, I guess and I do. always wanted, yeah, and I wanted them to choose Bledsoe. And thinking <laughs> back on that now, it's, it's just so crazy. Well, and Bledsoe, they were showing, and Baker, I'll let you jump in, but they were showing old games, which is a whole other thing I want to talk to you guys about. Like, I was going to the grocery store yesterday for a, or my last hoarding shop, hopefully for the month, and I turned on sports radio just because it's like I need to listen to anything that's not Corona. And they were just flat out playing. They were on one station. They were just playing the Rose Bowl from last year, just straight up, like live. And then, and on the other station, they were playing the NCAA um, Final Four games with like John Thompson on the radio. And I kind of loved it. It was just like the you know the TV and radio programmers like giving up and just being like, just roll the old tape. Like who cares? And I was into it. I was like listening to the plays. And it just made me um, think about how I watched some highlights the other day of the season where they won the first Super Bowl. And Bledsoe came into that AFC Championship game when when Brady rolled his ankle, none of which I remembered, and threw like an incredible touchdown pass, I think, to either David yeah, Patton or – Yeah, and yeah. Won, exactly, won the game. Sorry, go ahead, Baker. No, I mean, I just uh, I, I just can't even – I can't right now – in my current state, you know, riding the waves of the ups and downs of this current worldwide situation. Right now I'm on a particular low probably because I had four Baxter Ales last night um, and it's raining here, but I just can't even watch those highlights right now. You know, I I just pulled up some stuff on the internet here to think about Tom Brady's like best seasons and it was all these pictures of him playing in a Patriots uniform. I mean, the depth of my sadness right now is when I really think about it, it's, I'm sad. I'm really sad that it's over. You know, just like you said, the childhood coming to a close, and it was like always this one distraction that I held on to over all these years to sort of escape, you know, whatever I, whether it was dental school or like ortho or things going on, I could always sort of zone in on what Brady was doing and what the Patriots were up to and, you know, who they were going to draft or whatever and, and, and sort of, I'm pretty sad that that seems like it's finally coming to a close. I mean, Brady's gone. You know, the, the one person on that team that was a constant for 20 years. Um, yeah, it's a sad time, you know. Well, I want to twist the knife. Mike, I'm sure you have points of view on that. I'm just going to twist the knife because it's like, why not, right? Here we are. We're in a worldwide plague. Tom Brady's left. It really, like, couldn't get any shittier. I think one of our friends on one of those giant text chains said it right when it was – Tom Brady left on St. Patrick's Day, left Boston on St. Patrick's Dude, Day. He left Boston on St. Patrick's Day when the bars were closed <laughs> because like, of the plague. You know, like, and then the next day or whenever he's down in Florida or no, sorry, he's in the Bahamas on his private island, totally safe from the plague, posting on Instagram about staying healthy and drinking one of his fucking smoothies. You know, like a, <laughs> it was really a tasteless. It was tasteless. The way he left like that—that's what's what's really frustrating. And who knows? I don't know what happened there. Obviously, no one probably will ever know the conversations that took place leading up to this in the last three years. But I don't know. It just—he didn't—he didn't. He didn't
you're it, it also i think the coronavirus has a huge impact on the whole thing right i mean it does. there because it was like there was no he a lot of the things that maybe he would have done to like be more elegant or that the team would have done or whatever they were no longer possible let me just get this out though so my dad in in true landline fashion mailed me the boston globe sports section from march 18th so i can you know put that in the pile with my super bowl ticket and you know the like incredible i think i have the the first super bowl year globe someplace in a pile in my disgusting basement so it's saint elsewhere the brady era is over here and we'll never see anything like this again i'm gonna read the first four paragraphs just to really make i'll see if i can get baker to cry with see how bad his hangover is (laughs) let's get this right it was not an era that ended at 8.45 a.m. Tuesday when Tom Brady took to social media to tell us that for the first time since April 15th, 2000, pre-9-11, by the way, he would no longer be a member of the New England Patriots. It was the era, the unison between Brady, the greatest quarterback ever, and Belichick, the greatest coach, is over after 20 seasons, 17 AFC East championships. I have goosebumps from that. 13 AFC champion um, chip game ex- uh, uh, appearances, sorry, nine Super Bowl, nine Super Bowls, and six Super Bowl victories. Look at those achievements again. Even if you know them by heart, they are real and unfathomable at once. In a league designed for parody, the Patriots basically bookended dynasties without any downturn in between them winning three Super Bowls in Brady's first four years as a starter and three in his final six. We'll never see anything like it again. And even if the parting was expected, it's still shocking and a little sad, too, when the moment comes. Both a little Bra- sad? Yeah, I know. Both Brady and... Well, he's he's like a... You know, he's a... <laughs> <laughs> Devastating. But last paragraph. Both Brady and the Patriots poured on the foreshadowing for months, but denial is an effective neutralizer of the truth. I knew he might leave. I didn't think he would. That's so true for me, too. And now that is happening. Now that it's happening, it stinks. We don't even know what team's jersey he'll be wearing yet, and it already looks so wrong in our mind's eye. So it goes on from there. I mean, the fact that he's going to Tampa is like a whole nother topic, but um, it's crazy. You know, it is something – I don't know. What did you think, Mike, this winter? You know, you're in Chile, but you're looking at the news and, and you know, watching Tommy Curran's Twitter feed or whatever it is. And, and like, what did you think? Did you think he was going to leave? No, absolutely not. I mean, uh, going back to last year, I think it was our friend Gabe who's always been saying that he's going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> And I just, I never saw it happening. I never, you know, it just never came into my mind that that was an actual possibility. I just, I didn't understand how it would get to the point where he would, he would leave. I never understood the money aspect of it, which doesn't, still doesn't make sense to me. Um, How they would let him walk away, how he would walk away, you know? Um, But I guess there's just so much stuff behind it that we don't know. And that we haven't seen. Um, <laughs> yeah, well let's, well, let's bring in the women here, the Landline Women listeners. He's married to Giselle, as all of them know. She's she's worth $400 million, I think, at last count. I know. And so the money part that you mentioned, 
there is no money that is ne is needed. And in fact, Brady was pretty clear forever. And I don't think people on sports radio were good about this. I mean, we have to, you know, whatever he did was is proof of who he is, right? He never really cared about the money. He took a discounted contract every single year while he was working for the Patriots in order to win, right? Like he was always renegotiating. He was always adding in incentives. He basically could have always said, fuck you and left for more money. And he always really bought into Belichick saying, you know, in other words, if you take, you know, cheaper contracts, I can get better players and we'll win. So um, it never was the money. I think that's a really smart move or a really smart point. So then it becomes like, why would he leave if, it, you know, if we know money's not the issue, is it, is it fame? Is it like notoriety? Is it winning or just power? Is it a power play his thing? brand could be his new brand after, you know, spreading the TB12 brands around that the country, seems, trying to win over more fan bases. But for someone who we've heard has been so realistic on the football field for so long, he's always talking about... You know, it's not what you say, it's what you do. He's like a very, he's very exact in his analysis of the world. Either things are or they're not. Do you really think that he's convinced himself that his brand and like TV 12 fitness centers are as valuable as that, Chris? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe the snake oil salesman that he's linked up with has convinced himself. But, you know, I don't know, Alex. I don't know what is what the reasoning is, but maybe it's as simple as he knows that the Patriots are going to stink next year and the year after that. Right. And that they don't have enough weapons, and they didn't have enough weapons last year, and their line was horrible, and he had nobody to throw to, and it's probably overly frustrated with that fact. And maybe so. he doesn't want to work for Belichick anymore. Maybe he just doesn't want to work for that boss anymore. Maybe that's it. It's, it, the interesting storyline, which everybody knows, is you know it's, Brady is going to try and win without him, and obviously Belichick is going to try to win without him, unless Belichick is all in on a rebuild, which he which he very well could be because they have zero money this year, and I don't understand how the cap works fully, but I just know they don't have a lot of it, and they could be just trying to load up for the year after, getting rid of getting rid of all the dead money that they got still lying around. They they loaded up one last time to go to the, the, all the Super Bowls over the last few years. And it, I wouldn't trade any of those Super Bowls, right, for what the, the outcome is, even if Brady does leave at 43. But eventually, this this story had to come to an end. I wish it just wasn't on a shitty interception in the end zone, you know, before Ugh. the – Pick six. Yeah, it was just like, what a terrible way to end your, end your career and him just sort of like moping and, you know, all season long and bitching. Uh, I just – I don't know. I wish he would have come back for one more year and they would have made one more go, you know, but it has to, it does have to end at some point. Well, Mike, I mean, you're, you've always been good at sort of sports hero worship. And I mean that in the right way. Like, <laughs> um, you know, you're a great sports fan. I've always looked up to you as a sports fan. Um, and you know, you, you were, you were early on Larry Bird and Bobby Orr. like, even when we were younger, you knew how good those guys were there. Like when, how good those guys were, even when we were like in grade school. So do you, do you like with what Chris just said about his sort of attitude being bad? And he was like a little bit of a bitch last year. Right. I mean, I think that that's fair to say. 
And and do you did that make you wonder whether or not you wanted him back? Like, how did you, how did your general intelligence collide with your absolute love for Tom Brady? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to say. I mean, one of the things about this whole thing is part of my Irish heritage is that. I don't really have to feel feelings when I don't want to, I guess. And so this has just kind of passed me by, and I know it's going to come out at some point in the future, um, probably when the Pats, you know, go on their first three and out. But for me, I'm trying to be positive about it. The one thing I didn't like about the last couple of years is that you're watching the game, and you always are expecting them to win, right? And so if they win, that's great, but if they lose, it's horrible, right? That's So almost only bad things can happen to you. And I'm kind of excited about this next year to see, um, you know, just go into it with a different attitude, uh, see if they can pull out some victories, see if they can do whatever, you know? And, I mean, I, I kind of – I'm, I'm sad about it kind of being over, but thinking about maybe that first game when they're playing like the Bills or whatever, or whatever, and the Bills fans are all, you know, riled up and talking about how it's over. I'm going to be fired up for that, and I'm going to be like, let's go. It's gone, right? Totally. And then if they, like, beat them with Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer or somebody like that because the Bills just blow it, it'll be, like, even better than it would have been had everybody expected the Patriots to win because they have Tom Brady. I mean, I, I totally know. I know. It's kind of like it's kind of like you're playing tennis versus, like, some little kid or your little brother or whatever. And you're like, all right, I'm going to play with my left hand and let's see how this goes, you know? So it's like, whatever. We'll still beat you, you losers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I do think, you know, in, in your description of sort of it becoming something where there was only a negative option, it was either relief that they won because everyone expected them to or huge disappointed yeah. when they lost. When they lost. That was not, you know, in, in that little paragraph I read about how it spanned 20 years and it was, for, you know, three Super Bowls in the first four years – those three Super Bowls in the first four years were all a surprise. It was all about, like, underdog. And that was what made it so fun to go to Patriots games, to be a Patriots fan, to watch Patriots games. You know, it was cold, shitty New England winters. It was a team that never was good. New stadium. You know, quarterback that everyone overlooked. Like, awesome defense. Awesome special teams. It was a team that, you know, was making all the right decisions, working hard, a bunch of players that everyone overlooked, and always it was always David beating Goliath, and it was so fun to root for. And, of course, we didn't lose that as it became more mature. It was still amazing to watch your team win, and, in fact, I think the Atlanta Super Bowl, where they were down 28-3, that Chris and I got to go to and sit next to each oh. other at, um, was the by far, at least personally, the pinnacle of the whole thing because, again, they were oh. underdogs. They were, it was finally they had been slayed. The dragon was slayed, and Tom Brady just like out of nowhere, like a magician, brought them back. I mean, it's got to be the most incredible sports performance in the history of the world. Can we say that now that we're in a plague and we're yeah. all going to die? Like, that was, 100%. that was literally like, you know, all of a sudden the earth became a different planet. It was just insane. And, and if you don't, if you don't agree with that, then you're just, you just hate, you're just a hater of Tom Brady and all things New England. I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't agree that was the greatest game of all time. The 
greatest comeback of all time. It makes me so mad when they do those top tens on like ESPN and it's not number one. Yeah. So that was the kind of last, you know, reboot of that original we're down and then i do think it got into like oh now we're the now we're the chalk now we're the yankees at the end um and basically brady is jeter um which i know is blasphemy to say to to two boston fans to three boston fans but um he, you know he did everything right and he was respected and he was all of a sudden the gold standard and i do agree that at the end of last year it was kind of like well shit, you can't, like, this team isn't that good, and you can't run, you can't scramble, you can only do things if everybody runs to the exactly the same place, like, this isn't, you know, you're not very flexible when it comes to, you have been, but, so, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with it, other than, you know, trying to, it, it is a weird feeling, like, kind of being a little bit okay with, with it, with it moving on, um, so, you know, just quickly, Mike, like in that same vein, and then we can move on to like the Tampa side of things. And then I want to talk about the plague, but, um, so Mike, you know, I think to remind everybody or for new listeners, you know, you're, you're, you're literally in, in, I guess, what is it? The foothills of the Andes technically, like what, what are geographically, what would you consider your region? Are you in the Andes? Yeah, I'm, I'm right smack dab in the middle of the Andes. So like my town is completely surrounded by the Andes and I live in the Futalafu Valley. So there's like a valley that goes from here through over to Argentina. Um, and yeah, I've been here now for six years, I think, and 11 years in Chile total. So yeah. So Chris is in New Hampshire and he's going to, you know, drop, driving a game a little bit less now that he has a daughter but driving a games to tailgate with other buddies that they have got a whole scene there's everybody's got their car set up and the cooler and the grill and everyone knows how to set up the tables everyone knows the routine everyone knows when when it's time to pack up and do one last shot of jaeger before you walk in and uh, you know vape pens on the front <laughs> dash it's all set up and and you know um, the what it's it's bacon wrapped scallops right or, or is it what's, yeah. yeah bacon wrapped scallops I have I have deep fried French fries and a cast iron at that tailgate and I thought that probably brought me the most cred that I could get for being a newcomer um, or were they like there was something I don't know crab balls they or something. love they love both of you guys yeah, yeah. and 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 so like. We all understand that Chris, you know, on a rainy November day in New Hampshire is going to be watching the games. Now, Mike is, a, you know, is doing the exact same thing. In fact, might be watching more Patriots coverage from the Futalafu Valley <laughs> in the center of the Andes. So I, t I say all that because it's like, so now, Mike, Brady's gone. This is finally the moment we've been talking about on this podcast for a long time. What's your move? Are you are like are you in? Are you gonna sign up for like three and a half years of Jared Stidham and eight and eight football? Um, I'm 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 in. I'm excited about next year. And I know I, I know people are kind of mad at Brady, but I'm also gonna start watching the Tampa Bay game also, and I'm gonna be rooting for him. Like I love the man. So it's almost like I have two teams now. Uh, don't you feel that way a little bit, Baker? Where are you at with the Tampa? situation i think i know it's still raw uh, you haven't figured it yeah, out yeah i mean i i think i think they're gonna be good okay they lost i i had them i picked them last year as one of our pick league teams so i sort of watched 
watch them. Jameis Winston threw like 30 interceptions, and they lost like, I don't know, five games last year by a touchdown or less. So, you know, I they're going to have a, a nice offense. And, you know, I just question how Brady's going to turn out. You know, he's going to learn a whole new offense. Yeah. The good, the good thing about Bruce Arians, right, he coached Peyton Manning. He coached uh, Andrew Luck. He's, he's not like a bad coach. You know, I think he's good offensively for sure. Um, and he's got all these weapons down there, which the Patriots, you know, for some reason, like, refused to get for him. Um, but, but I'm not – am I going to be that excited to watch him win? No, not really. I don't know. Unless I, have, unless I pick them again is in our pick em league. Well, so our Pick'em League, briefly, and Mike, I know you want to jump in and I want you to. We do this league where 10 old friends, and it's really the iteration of the giant text chain that's been mentioned on, on Landline. Um, blasphemous, I know, but it has been mentioned. And Mike Mike had two of the greatest texts of all time recently. One was right when Brady signed, he just texted back, shoot me in the fucking face. And, <laughs> and, and then... He said he was fine, but that as soon as the Patriots went three and out in their first drive, he was going to throw a beer, a full beer at the TV. So, so, which he probably will do ultimately, and then have to figure out how to get another flat screen to Futula, to the Futalafu Valley. Um, so, um, I'll our, buy one for you, Mike. Our picks league, you awesome. go, you go around. Everyone gets to pick three teams in what's called a snake draft. So you get like the best pick of the first round, middle of the second worst of the last and it's fun because you end up getting three nfl teams that you can watch all season and it's an all season long bet so you don't have to like put players in and out like like fantasy football um you just let it ride now if you get way behind in the beginning then you basically are sol and you you don't want to play anymore but um it's a good way to watch the watch the games that aren't your home team games because then you're still interested so my um so so Baker had Tampa there. I think Tampa might go first, honestly. That, that's that. Well, that's, so that was that was my question, right? Like the Patriots are—they're not going to get picked first next year, are they? In this league, they've been first every. It was like just—it was like an unspoken thing. Let's just move on. Whoever picked first, let's just move on to the second pick, because everybody knows they're going to take the Patriots, right? In the first pick. So now, when do the Patriots go? Is the question. Well, Mike, if you won, if you won, who would you pick? If you got the first pick, who would you take? Um, I don't know. I don't know. The, the thing about Tampa, though, and, and Brady is, how does he fit into that offense? You know, where it seems like those receivers are guys who are good at going deep and kind of, you know, throwing the ball up. That's not that's really what Arian, That's what Arian does, too. He throws deep and those. I was reading this article about how he exposes the quarterbacks to take a lot of hits, which Brady, we know, does not like. Yeah, and that's not his style. His style is having really smart receivers who can run all those, like, option routes, right, where if the defense is doing this, both of them are on the same page and that that he's going to throw it the other way or whatever, you know? So that's what I I worry about with Tampa is that I don't I just don't see him fitting in well with that I'm still gonna really, him, but it really could be a disaster actually yeah it may not yeah. work at all and and he may end up just being so frustrated with the whole thing and be, and then you know what he's gonna be he's gonna be like oh, I wish I stayed with the Patriots <laughs> well I don't know about I, I, I don't know if I don't do want that. that to happen I want him to be successful 
awful. Yeah, me but, too. Yeah, I'd rather I yeah I don't want it to be like a train wreck. I'd rather have him like win another Super Bowl and have it be good for him. Weird. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's interesting. I think I'm realizing I'm not going to really know how I feel until I see him in the helmet in the uni. It's going to be so weird. Right. Now, here's a here's a here's a blazing hot take. What if the coronavirus cancels the NFL season and Tom Brady mm-hmm. never plays again? I, I've thought about that. <laughs> I've literally thought about that. <laughs> and we won't even be, remember it. That would be best case scenario. <laughs> like the world like there's where millions of people are dying and we don't have nfl and that's that worked out best for us well, that's only, be, only because brady can't play another <laughs> god i keep wanting to get in the spring break trip mike and i took to tampa and what a skanky city it is but i can't because we, we get into other good topics so just remind me to bring that back up ebor city so- uh, but well, how about this though? Like oh, go, go when ahead. I reopen my practice, whenever that is, it's not going to be like it was before. Which is, you know, I'm not going to have ten people in the waiting room. I'm not going to have each chair like just fully loaded. Right? It's going to take a while. Is yeah. my prediction. It's not like the light switch is going to go back on here. Restaurants in the United States aren't going to open up for business, and then you're going to be like have fully loaded restaurants again, where people are sitting on top of each other. You're going to have. Ten feet, six feet, half the capacity. So, what is it? Legitimately, what is it? Unless this thing is completely gone, what is a stadium going to do? Are they going to sit people like every third seat? Uh, are they going to space everybody out like they have been in these like press conferences? Like, legitimately, how are they going to have a season if if it's still floating around and people are still worried about it? How full are these stadiums going to get? It's going to be weird, I think. Well, and even if you did the the this, I hadn't thought of that. Every six feet, it's almost like business class for the entire stadium. Um, you have to get in and out to go beer, you know, drink beer, and then of course after you drink beer, you have to pee. So you got to go up and down the aisles, and you got to go right past. <coughs> there's a dry cough for you to nail oh. home the point. Um, yeah. The Can um, I get that over a podcast. Um, I've been trying to dry cough every pot. I don't know if the diehards have, have keyed into it, but it's been there. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. I do think, and there's so many things to talk about here, but and this has been certainly on the sports circuit's been talked about, but I'm not sure in the landline circuits if it has been. that The hubris, I think, and I've never really known what the word hubris is, but other people use it in this context, so I think I'll go for it. The hubris of the NFL to just like they're having their draft they didn't cancel free agency everyone else is closing canceled seasons there's not going to be i don't think there'll be an nba championship i don't think there'll be an nf an nhl championship obviously all the college games are done like baseball is looking at something but the nfl is like basically pretending because they have the luxury they're still six months away from or whatever it is Let's see, May, June, July, August, September, basically five and a half months away from the first game. They think, you know, we don't need to scare everyone and, and it's all about their brand, right? We don't need to erode the brand. We can just cancel it later. But that's a really good point, Chris. Like, if if the NBA has no championship, what are the chances that the NFL game one, the Sunday after Labor Day, is going to be a full stadium? Yeah, I don't know. And, and do we return to the? I mean, eventually there'll probably be a vaccine, right? There'll be, you know, but for the next couple of years before there is one, like, how do how do people interact with each other at a place like this? You know, 
some of the best moments of, of my life, the ones that I can remember, you know? Yeah, how do you how do you puke in a porta potty in the parking lot at, at uh, Foxborough in the age of coronavirus? That's a really important right. question. Forget Wuhan. I think that's where coronavirus came from. <laughs> so, Mike, Patriots place. Mike, you basically have like the lowest chance of anyone, at least in this conversation, of going to a live professional sport in America. You might go when you're like on a trip home or something, but. The reality is it's not a huge detriment to you if you if if the games don't have fans. How do you feel as like, you know, the Uber TV viewer from 5000 miles away? Like, would you watch the games if there weren't any fans? I I don't know. I I it's it's so crazy to think about how things have changed over the years. I mean, I used to be crazy about the Red Sox and watching every single game of the Red Sox, and now I can't even sit through an entire game. So it's, it's something that was so important to me for so long, and then it just kind of, like, went away. And, I, I mean, as you were talking about how I love sports and everything, but, but everything else is kind of going away. I, I watch a little bit of hockey, some basketball, but football has been the one thing that I've kind of held on to all these years, and it's it's been like my connection back to the state. So like those Sundays I wake up and I'm, I just feel like I'm back somehow in that world a little bit. So I don't know if, if that'll just go away or if I'll, uh, if I'll, you know, keep going with it. But I think it depends on if the Patriots can pull it together or if Tampa Bay is good. Um, but I, I mean, as you were saying, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what next year is going to look like, and I don't know how I'll respond to it if there aren't any fans. That would be so weird if there are no fans in the, in the stands. And, and so, so, you know, I've threatened in the past to retire from the NFL once Brady retired. Now he's not retired, but he's gone. Um, and, of course, you know, if, if you know nothing else from listening to this podcast, I'm a horrible hypocrite and a liar. But um, I, I would, I would exactly. say that that uh, this is the time. I mean, it is fair to say for all you sports fans of any kind, um, of any sport, you know, at any level that are, that are, you know, traditional American television sports, this is your exit ramp. This is your opportunity to fall in love with baking or the piano or cycling or, you know, adventure sports outside six feet away from people or, you know, working out or, you know, whatever, um, reading, um, puzzles. This is your time to let something else supersede sports as your go-to, you know, chronic masturbation, whatever it is. And so, <laughs> so I, I think that, um, you know, it, it's there. There are gonna be some people who take us up on that, and and you know there is as much. It, it's very interesting because I've just hated on sort of the, the industrialization and commercialization of of football, specifically in American sports, on this podcast with you guys. You know, the instant replay, the product placement, the you know all the new technology, the camera angles. It just it's not for me. And that's one of the reasons we're not going to get to it in this pod, but that I think some of these vintage sport games that are on TV are so, like, relaxing to watch. Like, when you're watching, you know, I didn't watch the Leitner game when they were replaying it, but just even vintage, how many great 90s and early 2000s sports are there that you really don't remember what happened, even if you remember who won. 
and they're fun to watch and the, the it's just a little bit more innocent um it's just cameras and announcers and 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 players and it's not all the crap that seems to have inundated the leagues now but so, so you know in one way it's like yes this is my this is my way to finally kick kick the bottle of this bullshit american sports on the other hand how nice would it be if we could all just watch lebron play the clippers this this afternoon and just have like a normal fucking sunday afternoon where it's like i'm going to be lazy drink a couple of tall boy miller lights and watch a mediocre NBA basketball game and not think about how my family or myself might die of worldwide plague. Yeah, sounds, uh, yeah that sounds pretty normal. This is when we need sports right now. It's right? crazy that there's no sports on to watch. It's just insane that that's not something we can fall back on right now. I know, there's this, yeah. What have you guys been doing to, like, what have you been doing to not, you know, I mean, again, I think for the three of us, this isn't a high season of sports on TV, although, like, the Masters is a pretty big event for me, and, um, you know, I don't know, Mike, if you would watch NHL playoffs, but what have you guys been uh, doing in those moments where you would, like, watch free agency on NFL Network or something like that? Yeah, this is the time where I kind of get into hockey, and the crazy thing was, uh, that that week when uh, it first came out and they, they canceled that NBA game, which is just the craziest story of all time, um, my wife was traveling and she was out at this conference. And that weekend, the Bruins were playing two games on Friday and Saturday. And I was so pumped to be able to like sit home and watch the games. And then literally that Friday morning, I think they canceled it. So it, it, it was it's such a strange feeling to just be like, well, what do I, what do I do now? What do I, I don't know what to do. Mike, where are you at with that? No, he's gone. No, I'm, nice. Gone. All right. Well, there you go. That's it. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> Baker, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go to the airport with Homer. We're going to drive to the airport park in the cell phone waiting area and watch planes take off. Um, that's our rainy Sunday afternoon activity. And um, little not landline, but there is a um, app you can get on your phone to actually listen to the control tower. So we sit there oh, cool. with the uh, control talking to the inbound and outbound aircraft um, and watch them land. And, and that's uh, for all you people with kids who uh need something to do on a rainy day that's one way to kill an hour and a half between naps so um it'd be cool if you were on like a hillside a hilltop you know with a blanket and you were just lying on the the hood of your car with homer and they were flying over your head like that's how i picture it like wayne's world yeah exactly well when it's sunny out in six weeks after it stops raining i think that uh That'll be good. All right, what are you going to do today? What's your what's what's the best thing you're going to do today in coronavirus? I mean, it's, it's raining and it's cold. I, I went for a 50-mile ride yesterday. That was pretty nice. The nice thing, too, about, honestly, about coronavirus right now is everybody's, like, nobody's on the roads. So the roads have never been safer. So I've just been riding, like, my bike everywhere. And, you know, I saw maybe five cars pass me yesterday, 50 miles. I mean, that's insane. And even the hicks are the hicks are sort of like chilling out a little bit, right? They're not buzzing you off the side of the road and 
throwing a beer can at you. You know, they're sort of giving you six feet of space, which legally they should have been doing anyway, which I find ironic. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see what Margo's doing. We'll probably plan our meals for the week, and and I'll probably snuggle up with Liv a little bit because it's raining and cold out. I don't know. Just hang around. All right. Not much. All right. So. Well, good, good pod. Thanks for being on the pod. I thought this went well. Yeah, thanks for having us back. Yeah, of you course. All these, you know, you got all these fancy guests now. It's nice that you, you know you reach out to the originals every once in a while. Well, that's nice. You and you and Mike forcefully told me that I needed to find other people to talk to on the podcast, and so I, <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so true, but hey, I mean, we we do we should follow up. We'll loop back when the Patriots are you know when there's some news to talk about with the draft. I'm sure I'll get excited about it again. It's just, you know, right now it's sort of a weird time. Well, I think you know? the the last thing I'll say, and and we alluded to this, but I'll I'll believe it when I see it. If if Tom Brady runs out of the Tampa Bay pirate ship tunnel in his home opener with pyrotechnics exploding behind him, then at least it means we won't be stuck in coronavirus hell, right? So, True. Um, True. so it's kind of it's an it's an emotional hedge. It's 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 a way to you know know that either way we'll be happy at that moment. And I I also think that he could explode his knee in game three. So there's all kinds of different outcomes that that we see here. I mean, I am worried. Yeah, all kinds. But I am worried, like I said, about him just not being good and just falling flat on his face, in which case everybody will say, well, Bill was right. You know, and he, he's often not wrong. So Maybe um, they just wanted to both you know, just work with somebody else. I mean, we didn't, we didn't, I mean, that's a whole other topic, but maybe they're just like, okay, that was great. Let's, I'm going to do something else. Well, did you read that? Did you see that article about how he'd actually tried to trade Brady to the 49ers instead of Garoppolo first? Yeah, I, I saw that. So, you know, I don't know. He's been... I think he's been looking for it now for a while. At the same time, Brady's also won him like Super Bowl since then, so who knows? Um, well, all right. Well, happy Sunday. I'm going off to the airport. I got to relieve um, Anna of of the children, but you know, thanks for being on landline and uh, keep calling five zero three eight nine four eighty four eighty. I actually have a nice message from you that I'll I'll uh, that's like eight months old. Um, the, really? The, the, yeah, it's, it wasn't any. It was it was basically saying please podcast more. So um, the sh- world needs you. The time of uh, angst and yeah, stress. that's right. They need your your uh, even handedness. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. Yeah, have a good day. Bye bye. All right, thanks for listening. Landline, 503-894-8480. More episodes up this week. Spread it like the coronavirus. Is that too soon? I don't know. Anyways, the best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. No social media. No website. Do have a email address, landlinepodcast at gmail.com. We went with a little uh, email client server called Google. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Landlinepodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, call the landline, 503-894-8480. All right, send us a postcard, 3860 North Melrose Drive, Portland, Oregon, 97227. What else are you going to do with your time? Landline podcast, 503-894-8480.
503-894-8480. All right, see you next time. Landline. Landline.